So hopefully it's sooner than later that we can, you know, start to see some level of normalcy and we can get people back in our doors, you know, enjoying that experience. Because now is the time to escape reality. This is the Box Office Podcast. I'm Russ Fisher, the editorial director of the Box Office Studios, which provides editorial content to movie theaters. And I am joined once again by my co-host, Daniel Luria, the editorial director of Box Office Pro. And this week, we also have Chris Eggertson, who is a contributor to Box Office Pro. And he wrote a story about the historic Cranford Theater in New Jersey, which is a 100-year-old theater, dates back to the 1920s. It was recently renovated and revived, unfortunately, just before the COVID crisis happened. They opened a drive-in component and have found great success and some terrific community engagement operating the drive-in over the last few weeks and plan to continue so into the fall. So we wanted to shine a spotlight on their efforts. And uh, so, yeah, Chris, tell us about the story that you wrote and kind of where we are, where we're going this week. I've written about, you know, drive-ins previously for you guys, but this is a really sort of like heartwarming story in a way. I talked to, you know, Doreen Sayeg, who owns the theater, and she's been in exhibition her entire life. She grew up in exhibition. Her dad and her uncles ran a chain of theaters in New Jersey. So she's, and she started working from that for them since she was very young. So she has a long history and she was like, what do I do? I have to close my theater down and how am I going to make money? The bills are going to keep coming. And, you know, like a lot of theater owners right now during the COVID crisis, she decided to open a drive-in, a pop-up drive-in for the theater that's located in actually the parking lot of a swimming pool about five minutes away from where the theater is. So she wasn't, didn't have the space to do it where the theater is. So she found this other spot and, uh, you know, went through the city. It was all very official, you know, got approval from the mayor and the city council and uh, within a couple of months after she started the process of, you know, researching and planning, the drive-in was up and running. And it's been, by all accounts, a very, very successful operation. I mean, sellouts every night, sellouts within three minutes. There was a couple screenings of the Goonies that she mentioned that sold out in like a minute and a half. So it's been a really successful thing for her. And, and she, she did mention during our interview that, you know, the costs of doing it were pretty high. And she definitely knew that she was taking a risk, but that it's really paid off for her. And she's also really uh, leaned into sort of a charitable component and adding in a charitable component to these screenings. So every screening kind of comes along with uh, some kind of a nonprofit angle where people can donate. And uh, she's also just really worked to sort of eventize a lot of these screenings, you know, bringing in... uh, giving people a reason to come just beyond the, the film itself, doing a lot of activations around the screening as well. So it's really interesting to talk to her. And I think a really good positive story in the middle of, you know, such a dark period for the exhibition industry. And it's interesting because in the background of all this, as Chris notes, there is a lawsuit from the National Association of Theater Owners, New Jersey chapter, suing the state of New Jersey on behalf of six major cinema chains to get clarity from the state on providing a timeline on when cinemas there can reopen and some rationale on why other businesses and institutions uh, like churches, places of worship, some of them are already operating, but cinemas uh, as of today don't really have that timeline to reopen in the state of New Jersey. That doesn't mean that 
all cinemas are closed. And I think that's what the interesting part of this story is. When uh, Doreen over at the Cranford Theater received official word from the state that she couldn't operate her indoor theater, that's when she started activating those community ties, those local ties to find a solution in her backyard. Now, part of that lawsuit was a bid to immediately reopen uh, the theaters in New Jersey. And according to a recent report by Variety, that has been struck down by a judge. That being said, we still don't have complete clarity on when or how New Jersey cinemas can reopen. Uh, So this is probably the the best context to speak with Doreen and find out a little bit more on how she managed to keep her exhibition business afloat. Uh, Doreen, once again, welcome to the podcast. And let's start a little bit about the Cranford's history and how you came to be involved in the theater. Thank you, Daniel, and everyone for having me today. Uh, It's a real pleasure, Um, and I'm excited to tell our story. So the Cranford Theater, we actually, my family purchased back in 1997, and we owned and operated the theater until 2010, where at that point we sold the operation but kept the property. And over the years, you know, as we know, there's a lot of consolidation in our industry. There's been a lot of turnover. And the last tenant that was running the operation decided to abandon two locations. Uh, Two of our theaters are three miles apart, one in Westfield, New Jersey, and the other in Cranford. And they abandoned both buildings the end of the summer 2019. So I just, you know, I was looking at some of the figures for both theaters and the location. And Cranford made a lot of sense to renovate and reopen. Over the years, it had become an established art house in New Jersey, you know, playing a lot of the different, you know, a lot of different content that some of the bigger theaters don't play. And I wanted to, you know, have some fun with it, do a lot of marketing of events, play content that maybe other theaters weren't playing and and add special touches to, you know, movies like Frozen. You know, we mixed in some family-friendly content with the art and cultural content that we were already playing. We continued to play the Metropolitan Opera, having one of the highest grossing opera theaters in the country. And... You know, we did special things like uh, for Frozen, we partnered with the township and did a Frozen stroll, where if you purchased a ticket to the Cranford Theater to see Frozen, you were given a goodie bag with a map. And after you saw the movie, you would walk through the town and follow the map. And each store or restaurant that participated was given away a Frozen like goodie item. Or the restaurants were doing special Frozen meal packages for the kids. So we were doing things like that. We had a pajama party series last year where we played classic kids movies uh, from the past and the kids came in their PJs and we partnered with the fire department in town and had Santa come in on the fire truck, which was one of my biggest childhood memories growing up in this business was Santa always came and sat in the lobby and gave away toys and candy canes with his elves. So I wanted to kind of create, recreate that for today's children so that they had a memory, uh, a great memory like I did from the past. So we did things like that. Star Wars, we found official Jedis, which do exist, and you can become a certified Jedi. So they were here on site when we played Star Wars and took pictures with the audience and greeted our guests as they came in. So all little things, but little things that make a difference. So we renovated, we had a very aggressive renovation plan in October, redid everything. The theater had been run down. Uh, It was in pretty bad shape. Three of the HVAC units did not work. So we did quite an amount of work uh, and spent a lot of money renovating a theater that four months later 
was going to be shut down. So, you know, here comes the virus now out of nowhere. And we were performing really well. Our, the numbers were up. People were happy. Everybody loved the new theater and the events that were going on. And, you know, here comes the virus oh, and no. kind of took all of us by surprise. So now we're, I noticed a big drop at uh, the beginning of March because, the, you know, people were really starting to get scared. Everyone was starting to take it more seriously. New Jersey and New York are in the hot zone for the virus. So by the first week of March, my staff was already in gloves and masks and the numbers had declined terribly. So I believe it was Saturday. It was a Saturday, two days before the governor mandated the shutdown. For my seven o'clock set of shows, we had seven people and we knew we were in big trouble at that point. So I decided to close us down the next day. It just made sense. People were scared. I didn't want my staff to get sick. Nobody really knew what was going on. So we thought it would be a lot more socially responsible to go ahead and make the move and take care of that fear and protect our staff and the public. So we shut down that Sunday afternoon. And what we did was we popped a lot of popcorn and started giving it away to anyone who wanted to stop by and urged people to stay home and watch their movies at home for now until it was safe to come back to theaters. And then here we go. We go into quarantine <laughs> and the governor mandates the shutdown <laughs> the day after. Actually, I think we shut down on a Sunday and the governor mandated the shutdown on Monday. So we were ready for that. And, you know, the next two, three weeks, we were all hunkered down. There was nothing going on. Everyone was scared. No one left their house. It was un contagion meets outbreak meets Groundhog Day all in it's one. The same day over and over. <laughs> and it still is. We were still living through that. We are. We are. Luckily, you know, not as intense as it was back in March and April. So the theaters are closed, right? Everything's off, but the bills still come in. You know, we, there's still expense involved. And I started, obviously, just like anyone else, you become very concerned. And I wanted to do something. I wanted to help uh, and contribute, whether it be to frontline workers or, you know, just putting a smile on someone's face. So I'd reached out to a friend in Cranford who actually ran the flag chapter and they had the Cranford chapter. And I said, listen, if there's anything I can do to help or to donate, let me know, because I really want to do something to help in some way, no matter how big or small. So we started with a donation of some movie buckets. So I took, you know, 170 ounce bucket, put some, you know, movie tickets in and put some, you know, drinks, some popcorn and some candy and wrapped them up as a gift pack, and we started donating them. Well, that spiraled into the next idea of, well, let's start selling them. So we started selling these, like, they're really actually really pretty gift packs, which originally started with microwave popcorn, just because, you know, everybody was very nervous in the beginning of the virus situation. And then we switched over to popping fresh popcorn and filling these gift baskets with freshly popped popcorn candy, bottled water, and some movie tickets so that when the theater reopened, you had these discount tickets that you could use. And then that turned into selling those huge, big yellow popcorn bags. And then we started selling candy and nachos and gift certificates and t-shirts. And everyone was so supportive. And we actually did really well doing that. And as this is going on, I noticed that all these like pop-up drive-ins are coming back around. And I've always wanted to be in the drive-in business, but it was just like a, it was a dying art. You know, you don't see them anymore. There's only 300 or so left and people weren't, they just weren't as about it as they used to be. So we didn't really venture down that road. And now here comes this opportunity. 
while also the chance to make people happy and give them something fun and safe to do with their families while creating these amazing memories and fun experiences. And I was all about it. I jumped all over the idea. So in May, I presented the idea to the township and they were so excited about it. No real hurdles. They worked closely with me to make sure that, you know, we got the permits that we needed. We got the approvals. They made recommendations. We made recommendations. We put a plan together and it was approved right away. Uh, And then in that time, I was already putting together how we were going to build the screen, which I have to say really was the piece that took the most amount of time was how are we going to put the screen up? so that it's permanent, but on a temporary basis. So, you know, we toyed with the idea of trust framing or a screen you would see inside a movie theater. We, we toyed with the shipping container idea. And that took about a good month and a half to do research, make phone calls, reach out to other drive-ins. So we spent a lot of time on the phone trying to figure out all the bits and pieces that were going to make this project work. If I understand correctly, the drive-in isn't in your lot, correct? No, no, it's on Township. It's on the pool parking lot in Cranford, which is about five minutes away from my theater. So it's really quite amazing. And it just goes, you know, you have to have a great open-minded governing body to accept an idea like this and to work with you. And I give, you know, Cranford a lot of credit for being open-minded and being excited about it. And And they see the value in it. They're helping to create this amazing experience you know, we're bringing new visitors to Cranford that have probably never heard of the small little township in the middle of New Jersey. So together between the township and the theater, actually we know because we can hear it in the clapping and the honking every night. (laughs) And the feedback has just been, I mean, opening night, I have to be honest, my eyes teared. When we played Grease and the movie ended and people started clapping and honking and it went on for minutes at a time, Hmm. I just could not believe it. And then I, I was full force after that. And every night I'm there, I'm just amazed at the the reactions and the smiles. So totally worth it all the way around. I think that's interesting is is the national headlines around opening cinemas in New Jersey right now are focused on the legal fight between uh, NATO of New Jersey, the the state chapter of the National Association of Theater Owners, and a lawsuit uh, on their behalf from these six major cinema chains basically asking for more clarity at the state level uh, for reopening. Meanwhile, uh, a cinema with significantly less resources, but that had only four months of operation. But in those four months of operation from when you opened November 2020 to March, it sounds like, Doreen, you established close ties with your community and your local leadership. So that communication when you needed it the most paid off in this case. It really did. And I have to be honest, I knew that we were going to, you know, presenting this idea. I knew they were going to like the idea. They were going to be about it because when we renovated the theater, they were so supportive. And the outcry when the theater closed was unbelievable. I mean, it was really like the gasoline that kept the engine going. Every day, people driving by, honking, waving, posts on social media, you know, thanking us for reopening the theater because the theater is almost 100 years old. It's a gem in this downtown. And for anyone who hasn't heard of Cranford, Cranford has won Best Downtown in New Jersey two years in a row. And now we're shooting for year three. It's a beautiful little town where when you pull in, you feel like you're driving through a Hallmark movie. Great restaurants, great people. The way the community comes together here is just unbelievable and remarkable. I definitely wanted to be a part of it. So 
just seeing the support and the attention and the help that we got reopening the theater made this a very easy decision. Uh, it, it's definitely a big risk. You know, it was at a time where I didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't sure, do I put up the expense for something that may or may not work? But it was evident as we moved forward with the virus situation that it was going to take a while for things to reopen. And I saw the writing on the wall early on and I needed to make a decision. So we pulled the trigger on it. Once we knew what we were going to do with the screen and we had it certified, it was time to move. So we got the approval. We went right to work. And honestly, it all came together pretty quickly. We The shipping containers were dropped. The next day they were stacked. The morning after the screen was built, two days later it was painted. And that night we were testing equipment. Three days later, we were open to the public and we sold out within minutes. So, and honestly, like I said, small town, small five screen theater in this beautiful town. And when we first posted that a drive-in theater was coming to Cranford, it was shared over 2000 times on social media, which I think is a pretty big number considering it's a small little theater. So the excitement and just knowing that we were going to do something positive and helpful at a time where everyone was down it was just an unbelievable feeling. And as far as I'm concerned, movie theaters have always been the escape from reality. And now here we are caught in this situation where we can't let the public in and we can't give them that escape, even if it's for an hour and a half or two hours at a time. So I needed to do something. So, you know, my attitude was the show must go on. And if I couldn't do it inside, I was doing it outside. You know, one thing that we've talked about on the show a lot and that we talk about privately uh, amongst ourselves is just the ways that decisions we've all had to make in 2020 have upended assumptions we've made about the business and maybe have changed plans for the future. All of which is a super long-winded way of saying, of asking, you know, do you think you'll keep the drive-in going past the COVID crisis? Well, right now, I hope to keep it going into October until the weather starts to change. But I am looking into it for the future. I think there will be a comeback. I don't know what the fate is of our movie theaters. I think it's going to take a little time before we're back on track. I hope sooner than later. But I'm definitely interested in the drive-in model. And I'm there every night. I'm there the five nights a week. And the two nights that I don't do it, I miss it. And I know it's, it's going to be tough, you know, when it's time to shut it down in the fall. But it really is just so amazing. Certainly the winter makes it a more complicated A little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gets a little cold here in New Jersey in the winter. So if we could take it till the end of October and close it out with like some type of, you know, Oktoberfest, I think that would be fun. That makes a lot of sense. I know a little bit about some of the screenings that you've done with charitable components, things like that. Can you give us some more detail on that? Sure. So like I said, I was looking for something I could do to give back. Um, and we're, we've been given this great opportunity to open a drive-in in Cranford. And now that we have this platform, I wanted to use it to help others. So we started a couple of weeks ago with a food drive. We, I had seen a post online that the shelter in town, the Cranford Family Care, was in need of uh, items, given you know the quarantine and all the other situations going on and people losing their jobs and they were struggling to keep their shelves full. So I decided that we were going to start a food drive at the drive-in. And 
you know, anyone who contributed to the food drive would be entered into a contest to win a free drive-in ticket, which we knew was going to be, you know, a pretty hot item since they're so hard to come across. I mean, people have joked that it's harder than getting tickets to like a Taylor Swift concert. So some of those comments online floating around. So we actually have collected a lot of food in the last two weeks. And yesterday we made the first drop. We teamed up with the PBA in town and we are now collecting and donating food and gift cards to Cranford Family Cares. And if they have leftover items, then we're going to share with the surrounding organizations. Saturday, we're showing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So we're kicking off our school supply drive for the kids in need for the starting school year uh, and also cleaning supplies for the teachers. Now, given we don't know what's going to happen, if kids are going to go back to school or not, but they'll be used somewhere. So we know that they'll go, you know, they'll go to good places. So we begin our school drive on Saturday and we'll collect up until Labor Day. We did a Christmas in July the other night and we had Santa. It was so unbelievable. It was so amazing. We had Buddy the Elf there parking cars and Santa made a special visit from the North Pole in his flamingo swim shorts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So really, I mean, the excitement and the laughter coming out of the cars as we parked them and you just see Santa as you pull in. It's 95 degrees out. Santa struggled a little bit with the weather, but he put a lot of smiles on faces and just the kids' reactions, priceless. And then uh, we did Superman. I wanted to pay tribute to Christopher Reeve, Patrick Swayze, you know, some of our favorites, John Candy. So for Superman, we partnered with the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation to raise awareness about spinal cord injury. And we collected donations and we're actually still collecting donations on our website. So we had a special speaker on site who addressed the audience uh, before the movie started and we paid tribute to him. And whatever donations we have come in, we're going to match and send over to the foundation. Hmm. And we are working on some others. You know, we're eyeing up uh, St. Jude's and the Children's Specialized Hospital, uh, some local hospitals here in Union County. So we have our eye on, uh, and we're in some conversations to do, you know, some more events like that, just so we can use our platform to help give back and and raise awareness for important causes. So Doreen, how did the drive-in idea come about and how did you make it a reality? Yeah, we're looking to add special touches anywhere we can. And, you know, I I have a friend here in town who's been, she's wonderful. She has great ideas. And when you put our two brains together, you just never know what you're going to get. So mm-hmm. we are in the process of putting together some other, now that we know we have the rest of the summer and we've been approved to continue operating uh, in the pool lot, we're going to look at the calendar moving forward and see what we could do and tie into each event. I, we did Jurassic Park two weeks ago, and she dressed up as a dinosaur, greeted the customers as they checked in. So <laughs> it's, you know, again, little things, but they go a long way. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned when we talked last time for Dirty Dancing that you were planning on trying to get a, a flash mob together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're how is that, that going? <laughs> so we're working on that one right now. We I want to... Before I even started this project and before we even built the screen, I remember I had a meeting with the fire chief and the police chief and all the department heads at the parking lot. And I just looked over to the fire chief. I'm like, I'm going to end the summer with Dirty Dancing because in the movie, they end the summer together. So I said Mm -hmm. to him, I'm like, I'm going to end the movie with Dirty Dancing. As my friend and I started thinking about it, she's like, we should do a flash mob at the end of the movie. I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. So we're now trying to put that together. 
So we'll see. We'll see as we get closer to the end of the summer uh, what we come up with. I would be particularly impressed if you can uh, pull, pull off the woman being held aloft in the air by by the guy. I think that would well, be a, that would yeah, be tell, an impressive feat. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing: it's not going to be me. So. <laughs> <laughs> not, not on the pavement. No, no. I did originally, you know, when I was putting my uh, my wild ideas together, I'm like, maybe I'll put my staff in roller skates. But I was like, oh, that might not go well. There were some ideas that came and went pretty quickly. This has been great. I love the story. And I just, I like the sort of the enthusiasm that you've applied to kind of trying to move forward through this thing that has frankly like beaten a lot of us down. You know, it's easy to be downcast about it and it's easy to feel like we've all kind of lost our way and you are providing an example of how to move forward kind of with your head up and and with your eyes open. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not going down without a fight. So I'm going to put in every ounce of energy I have to make this work and, and just to do something positive. Everyone was down and out and sad and nobody knew which way to turn. You know, March and April were really tough months. And, you know, we were on a pretty tight lockdown here. Everyone was getting sick and I just couldn't sit home. I mean, I've never been able to just sit home. I've been a, like a, you know, a little worker bee since I was a kid. You know, the first two weeks were great. It was a nice little break but something needed to be done. And I just felt compelled to do something for the public that would just make them happy and create this. And, you know, it's not just most of the people that have been to the drive-in, me included, it's a first time experience. I've never been to a drive-in before, but for the people that had been, we were recreating that memory. And it's just like when we play those classic films at the theater, when we play those TCM classics, you know, those people saw that movie 50 or 60 years ago in a movie theater. And now they get to relive that experience with their children or their grandchildren. And there's just always a special look on their face. You know, it's like they're being amazed all over again. We're bringing you back to that time. So for the people that had been to drive-ins, they're reliving an experience. Granted, it's in a pool parking lot. But once that movie starts and you're immersed in the experience, you completely forget where you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's the idea, right? You it doesn't it kind of doesn't matter once the once it's dark and the movie's going. I think that's always been the beauty of the drive-in in general. And it's funny we've talked on this show too about exactly what you're saying that a lot of people have never been to a drive-in and yet everybody has some image of it. Everyone has some mm-hmm. association of what that means and what it means to the movies even if you've never been. So it's very cool to give people an opportunity to experience it for themselves. Well, we created, I think I was telling Chris last week that we created, I didn't want to just put the movie on and go straight to movie. I wanted some nice little touches at the beginning. So we created a PSA, you know, just going over some of the very important guidelines that we need to, because we strictly enforce all of our guidelines in the lot. So we have a PSA, which is really cool because it makes you feel like you're in the 60s, but you're not. (laughs) And then after that, I wanted to pay tribute to the drive-in. And the first drive-in was born in Camden, New Jersey in 1933, I believe. And the anniversary had just passed right before we opened, uh, which was June 6th. So we put together, I found some old images, black and white, of cars at the drive-in, old marquees, old signs, old entrances. And my video person found old footage of these like old Buicks and Cadillacs pulling into drive-in lots. And we created this like five or six minute like ode 
to the drive-in just to give people who had never been or the young children who have never seen one an idea of what this was like. And you see the old speaker posts where you'd pull up and pull the speaker into your car. So it's just, you know, it's so special. And I'm so happy that we were able to do this and I'm excited about it. And, you know, every day I go in, it's a whole new experience. I, I think the only challenge we have every night is the different puzzle we're going to get, which is the parking. You don't know how many cars, how many SUVs, who wants to open the trunk, who doesn't. So it takes us a good hour to direct the cars, get them parked. But, you know, it's not even a major issue. It's a small issue. We deal with it every night. And it's, you know, it's a fun little challenge. It's like, well, how are we going to design the parking lot tonight? And it really is. Every night is like, a, you know, you just never know what's going to roll into the lot. But it never fails that the biggest car is always the first one on, online. <laughs> the other cool thing I wanted to share is about a week into the, the drive-in shows, I visited all the neighbors because the neighbors can see the screen from their lot and we didn't want them to be bothered or you know frustrated with what we were doing. So I visited all the neighbors and we brought them popcorn and candy and invited them to sit on their front lawns, gave them the radio station to tune to. And there's one family that's out there every night and all the neighbors gather on their grass. And it's like one of the best feelings every night to see. So I'll look over and I'll see like 10 lawn chairs at the neighbor's house and they have their radio out and they're just watching the movie and they're just so cool. So I'll send my staff over with popcorn and candy, but they're so cool. I just have to like give them credit. They're out there every night watching a different movie. You're doing a very good way of convincing me to moving to the New Jersey suburbs from my <laughs> tiny New York City apartment here. Come on it's over. It's finally dude. going to happen. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to mention too is like, Doreen, your story is really unique because you grew up in the exhibition industry and you've seen all of these issues come up over the course of your life, really, you know, with competition from, you know, um, like home video and competition from, you know, the giant movie chains. And you've had a lot of like threats to your industry over the course of however many years now. So you've, you've kind of seen it all. So you're kind of well-equipped in, in a way, maybe better equipped than a lot of theater owners to sort of deal with the realities that, you know, you're now facing and the, the issues that are coming with the COVID crisis. Yeah, I grew up in this business. I have seen a lot. I do remember, not that I'm not old, but, you know, back in the 90s, it was like us and Blockbuster and bowling alleys. That was the thing to do. And things started to change and we started seeing on demands and the Netflixes and we saw the Blockbuster phase out. But I have to give credit to the movie industry. We are resilient. We're tough. We have, over the years, found so many different ways to be creative and to keep ourselves going and, and keep the experience alive. And I, for one, do not want to see movie theaters go away because there's, you know, you can have a big, beautiful, you know, TV screen at home with wonderful sound and speakers, but it's not the same. You know, that movie theater experience and, you know, that immersive experience that you get in an auditorium with people that are there to see the same thing you're there for, that love what you love, the oohs and the ahs, and you can't get that at home. You can't get that anywhere besides in a movie theater. And, and, and the pool you know, parking lot. You and the pool parking lot apparently is a good place to, <laughs> to get that. But again, once the movie starts, you, you completely forget you're sitting in a pool parking lot because you're immersed. You know, I think it's going to take some time. We'll all come back. And I think we just have to kind of wait it out. And we'll see what happens with this lawsuit in New Jersey and, and what the governor comes back with. And, and I can understand the fight, you know, and, and needing to do that you know, certain other 
types of businesses and industries have started to open. And here we are, you know, how long can we sustain? Like I said, the bills still keep coming in, the expenses high, there's no revenue coming in. How long can, you know, whether you're, you're one of the giants or you're the little guy, how long can you sustain for? So hopefully it's sooner than later that we can, you know, start to see some level of normalcy and we can get people back in our doors, you know, enjoying that experience because now is the time to escape reality. Absolutely. And with that nimbleness and that resiliency that, that you've shown uh, as an exhibitor, Doreen, I, I feel very positive uh, for the future of the industry, uh, knowing that there's uh, fighters like yourself out there uh, going through every which way possible to keep those doors open, keep uh, keep keep the movie going magic uh, existing. And I think most importantly, as you mentioned, those ties to the community are the key difference maker between having access to finding a solution, being able to be close to the people in your community, in your staff, and and having something that can overcome challenges as opposed to uh, to being at the whims of, uh, of something above all our heads. I agree. I, the relationship with the community is key. And, you know, we've involved ourselves with, you know, the theater. I try to have us involved with as many groups in town. We are, like last night, we did a private rental for the JCs in town, which, you know, has quite a following. And they sold the tickets. We want everyone in the community to be a part of this project. This is not my project. This is all of ours. We are all a part of this. So I try to team up for the school supplies. We teamed up with the fire department and the police department and flag of Cranford. You know, I want everyone to have a piece of this because this definitely is going down in the books. Like, and I tell my staff every day, I'm like, you really, you know, enjoy what you're doing right now because you're making history. Who knows what's going to happen in the future and, you know, what next year is going to bring. But for the now, for the moment that we're living in, it, this is amazing. And I got to be honest, I, like I said before, I go in every night and every night I'm amazed all over again when that screen goes on and, you know, I start to hear the oohs and the ahs and the clapping. It's so worth it, you know, and someone's interested in doing it. Stop thinking about doing it and do it because it's worth it. Well, thank you for uh, joining us. Thanks for telling us the story and uh, I'm excited for people to hear it. Thank you. And thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. And it was such a pleasure and I look forward to hearing it <laughs> hearing your playback <laughs> well yeah thanks again for everything Doreen we'll have the article probably up to coincide when the podcast goes up uh, most likely on Monday and we'll send you those links once they're available okay great thank you so much and thank you again for having me thanks Doreen thanks Doreen thanks have a great day guys Chris thanks again for organizing this interview and for writing the story that became the springboard for this episode. And uh, Daniel, thanks for joining. It's great to talk to you guys as always. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This has been the Box Office Podcast. Uh, we will be back next week with further exploration of how cinemas are dealing with everything that is happening in 2020. The Box Office Podcast is produced by Caitlin Kehoe and recordeditpodcast.com. It is written and hosted by Daniel Luria and in this case, Chris Eckertson and me, Russ Fisher. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe to us. If you like the show, mention it to your friends and join us again next week. Take care.